0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radimick. Bertel was your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are gonna have a great show for you today. Um it seems like I'm gonna to have to touch on the subject that I really didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on, which is the is the Israeli Hamas conflict. And I shouldn't call it a conflict. Yes, in fact, it was a massacre on behalf of a massacre on behalf of um what Hamas did to innocent Israeli citizens. Completely wrong. Absolutely and completely wrong. And it seems like I forgot to turn on my studio lights. So I better go ahead and make sure and get my studio lights connected or or working. I guess I can do it automatically from my phone. Let's go ahead and get those lights on and i think there we go there we go better lighting better lighting better lighting tom c is in the house welcome tom c bridge mcp is in the house shiva las vegas is in the house eric hayes is in the house bruce pollard is in the house paul fleming is in the house lee grant is in the house yvette avery Herod is in the house paul fleming and michael rudnan avq welcome aboard folks if you hear some noise they are busting up concrete to fix this uh, s- slab that we have here. So if uh, if that interrupts you, you know what's going on here. Um, anyway, folks, anyway, folks, anyway, folks, let's go ahead and get busy. I'm gonna start, of course, with something Bridge MCP wants me to put on the screen about the one and only Kennedy that is screwing up royally. Let's go ahead and read that onto the screen before we get started with the program. It says, Statement on Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s announcement today. The decision of our brother, Bobby, to run as a third-party candidate against Joe Biden is dangerous to our country. Bobby might share the same name as our father, but he does not share the same values, vision, or judgment. Today's announcement is deeply saddening for us. We denounce his candidacy and believe it to be perilous for our country. Uh, Rory Kennedy, Kerry Kennedy, the Honorable Joseph P. Kennedy II, Kathleen Kennedy Uh, So there you go. Uh, again, maybe Republicans thought it was going to do them good to get him going, but guess what? It turns out that there are polls, in fact, now that show that Kennedy will be taking the right wing fringe votes, uh, folks that that believe in some of the right wing craziest things that he believes in and run with it. So it may actually hurt Trump more so than Kennedy, though I think it's a lousy thing for them to do. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, Let's see what else we have here. Um, uh, Bruce. Bruce says peace. To this wicked world, I agree 100 percent. Violence is not the answer. I don't think that's Bruce Pollard. Is it? Who is BP Alpha? Is that uh, okay? Maybe it is. Yeah, on on YouTube. Okay, got you, got you, got you. All right, folks, uh, I want to go ahead and and do something here. I didn't really want to speak on the Israeli issue because it's a touchy situation, uh, especially uh, because. Anytime anybody speaks against, uh, well, it was m- more pronounced before, uh, anytime anybody speak against something that the, an Israeli prime minister does, et cetera, it have a tendency for some of the, the right-wing folks in this country, our country, to try to pin that you are a, what's the word that I want to use, that you are somehow anti-Semitic. As everybody would know, that's the furthest thing that, that one can say about me. I'm not, I'm anti-nothing at all. Anti-nothing at all with respect to humanity. That said, it is imperative that what we do going forward, it is imperative that we realize that human beings are in fact human beings irrespective of their mother, their father, their brother, uh, who uh, does things in their names, etc. And in that light, today's program, I prepared it from two specific articles. And what I'm going to do is go through those articles. But before I get there, uh, one of the reasons I was a couple minutes late is that I was trying to process two videos to make a point, to make an important point. And I I didn't test the videos, so I hope the videos took correctly. So I'm going to bring them in with the expectation that it worked okay. One of them, I didn't even remember to go ahead and format it appropriately. The first one has to do with how MSNBC was covering... um, This morning, and I didn't I don't have this particular video, but this morning there were two uh, Jewish, I think, right wing Jewish supporters on the program Morning Joe. And they were really they were really attacking anybody who had anything to say about the Palestinians and what the Palestinian plight was or is. And they were really, and they were really said, we shouldn't even be talking about that. This was an attack on Israel. This was an attack on Jews in Israel. And that's the only thing that matters. You're either with us or against us is a sort of uh, tonality they had. And I sat down there watching this as I was spinning right after my show this morning. And all I can, all I could think of is this is why the problem never <laughs> is never solved. And you wonder if the problem is never solved because there are folks who want this problem to continue going decade after decade after decade because there are solutions. Most people want a solution to these problems. Uh, Jews don't want dead Palestinian babies. Palestinians don't want dead Jews. They don't want that. So what's the problem? You know. I want you to see how, I want you to see this narrative, how uh, Katie Ter, something that Katie Tur said in here. And I hope it captures some of your imaginations. I'm going to play this and then I'm going to take it on the other side. But listen to how Katie frames the missiles flying. Listen to how Katie frames what's going on and then we'll take it on the other side.
1: Seventy percent of the people of Gaza are refugees. More than half are children. They're trapped. There's no way out. Okay. And the UN uh, reports, and even Israel is saying the situation there.
0: I gotta stop. Uh, like I said, I, I, I processed the video right before I came on, and that one seemed to not have taken. So the, the one with Katie is the one that I really want to get played first of all and I think that one came out okay so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the Katie Turr video and as I play the Kirti, Katie Turr video I'm going to try to get back to the other one so let's go to the Katie Tur video and see if I can get it played like I said this is a rush job that I try to get so that you guys could see what I'm saying let's go to Katie Turr Uh, Let's see, I think I can get it done. I think I can get it done. This is what happens when you have to rush things.
2: You're looking at the Gaza Strip. It is just after 10 p.m. there. The exchange of rocket fire, although it looks quiet right now, has been almost nonstop today. Hamas keeping its promise to strike the Israeli city of Ashkelon earlier, warning residents to get out before 5 p.m. local time, then sending a barrage of rockets. The Iron Dome lighting up with interceptions as residents and journalists have repeatedly taken cover in bomb shelters. in fact, warning sirens have been going, on, going off throughout much of the country as Israelis tuck in for yet another night sleeping in safe rooms and bomb shelters an option not afforded to the millions stuck in Gaza. On the border there, the Israeli army is massing, readying for a possible ground invasion. We stress possible. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowing to root out Hamas. But what will he do about the estimated 150 hostages Hamas says it has? And new reports cited by President Biden just now that the organization, which is deemed a terrorist group by the U.S. and most Western nations, is murdering babies and stomach turning ways. There is also growing criticism criticism of Netanyahu himself from analysis in The Times of Israel quote The idea was to prevent President Mahmoud Abbas or anyone else in the Palestinian Authority's West Bank government from advancing toward the establishment of a Palestinian state. Thus, amid this bid to impair Abbas, Hamas was upgraded from a mere terror group to an organization with which Israel held indirect negotiations via Egypt, and one that was allowed to receive cash infusions from abroad.
3: We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where... Uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, et cetera. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so
0: kindly. Of- okay. I, I I think I just got it processed that I, I, I hope I got the other one processed. Anyway, I'll play it later. But I want you to listen to what Katie Porter said. She said, uh, the, 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 the missiles are flying. Uh, and the Israelis, they are all tonight going to have a very difficult time. They will be going into their bunkers so that these missiles will have no effect on them. What I was very happy to hear Katie Tur say, and that's the difference when you have a humane person, a, a person that even though there are pressures on her to be careful on what she says with respect to the Israeli-Palestinian uh, issue, was able to say it here's what she said that the people in gaza would not be will not be afforded the ability to hide from the missiles coming from the other side and the same thing that 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 hamas is doing or had done to babies and to to, to folks out there in, in israel is the same thing that is going that is happening right now to babies in Gaza, to innocent families in Gaza. It's the same thing that's happening. Just the person perpetrating the evil, the the person uh, perpetrating the murder as revenge. It's saying, "You, you killed my mother, you killed my father, you killed this. And now we are indiscriminately going to kill people of your kind. Let me tell you why this has a touching feeling on me. Because we have a tendency, when any American, when any Israeli, when anybody of the particular class, the particular country, the particular race that some may deem of higher value, We have no problems if something happens, if they perpetrate something that is quote unquote bad, we will go in and annihilate not just the perpetrators of that evil, but we will go annihilate everything. And again, this is not just something that is occurring Israel against the Palestinians. When when uh, when America wanted Manuel Antonio Noriega, when when America said Manuel Antonio Noriega did all these things, by the way, Manuel Antonio Noriega was nothing but a capitalist. You know, he saw a need and he fulfilled the need, which is what our capitalists do here. We just try to legalize whatever need they decide that they want to profit on. They came into Panama and annihilated Torrio blew it to smithereens and killed a lot of innocent families, families that had nothing to do with Noriega, families that did absolutely nothing. Suppose each one of those Panamanian families who got murdered by, uh, by the U.S. Army or U.S. Navy, U.S. Marine, suppose any one of those families decided to exact revenge the way Israel is exacting revenge on the Palestinians. The way America exacted revenge in, in Iraq falsely. Suppose these people reacted this way, right? So now I, I want you to notice something. The death, the death toll in Israel is rising. It's about 1,000 1, people, right? Israeli. Innocent Israelis dead. And right now I think the count is up to the known count in in Gaza is probably a little bit under that probably 800 or so people but by the end of it you can guarantee it's going to be 10 to 1 you can guarantee it's going to be 10 to 1 because every time these things occur the Palestinian people suffer more terrorists from Palestine do something bad uh, the toll exacted on innocent Palestinians, 10 to one. Uh, there is a chart that I, I'll try to find on TikTok for you while, and uh, not on TikTok, on, on, uh, on Twitter for you while I play this second video that I just got processed. Uh, and I, I want you to listen to this because this guy said something that was rather profound. Let's listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side.
1: Seventy percent of the people of Gaza are refugees. More than half are children. They're trapped. There's no way out. And the U.N. reports and even Israel is saying the situation there is unlivable. Now, you use your own semantical imagination. How would you describe a situation where people are caged into conditions which are literally unlivable. What word would you use? I'm not going to use the word. Use your own imagination. And as the United Nations uh, Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, put it, it said, Gaza is unique in the world in this one regard. Wherever there's a natural catastrophe, say there's drought, or a human-made catastrophe, say war in Syria, The people always have the option to flee. There's always the option to flee. Gaza is the one case, the one instance in the world today, where they're verging on an unlivable situation. That's not poetry. That's a physical, biological fact. Unlivable. 95% of the water in Gaza is unfit for human consumption. Each day when a child drinks water, The child is poisoning him or herself, but they can't leave. They're caged in. As your former prime minister put it, Gaza is an open air prison.
0: Gaza is an open air prison. Gazans could only leave Gaza through checkpoints controlled by Israel into Israel or a checkpoint controlled by Egypt into Egypt. And nobody allows them to leave. They can't leave. They they are on the shoreline. They can't leave by by the shorelines. They have no airports they can leave from. They don't have anything. They are in prison, period. How many people in America understand that there are two million people living in these conditions their air, their, their electricity is controlled by Israel. Their food is controlled by Israel. Everything else is controlled. And yes, Hamas did a horrendous thing and there's no support here for Hamas. None. But blowback is an interesting thing. Blowback gives people the ability, even the UN says, if you are an occupied ter- if you are if you are occupied, you have the right to fight out of there. I am not justifying what has occurred. I have to repeat that over for people who may just be joining the podcast, etc. That is not what this is about. This is about humanity. This is completely about humanity. And let's let's understand this. I said something on the Steve Hunter show two days ago, and a few people attempted to give me hell because they chose not to understand what I was saying. Every day in Gaza. Every single day in Gaza, uh, the people in Gaza are under duress from uh, the possibility of bombings from Israel. They're constant, you know. You take a look at – go take a look at the landscape. Do a Google search. Do a Google map of what Gaza looks like, of all the buildings that have been blown up, blown up. And then go ahead and go to Tel Aviv, go to Jerusalem, go to, uh, go to Kafa, go to all these different beautiful cities in Israel and ask me who is doing damage, right? Who is under duress? Who is feeling the pain of this fight that needs to be resolved on this fight that needs to be resolved, not militarily, but honestly, through negotiations, understanding that the right to land belongs to all those folks there. I mean, uh, what we never ask ourselves is, suppose the indigenous people, yesterday was Indigenous Day or a few days ago was Indigenous Day celebrated here. Suppose some of those folks went to West Texas and said, this is my land, I'm taking it, I'm kicking you out. America would have a completely different stance i I mean, listen, we would have a completely different stance, but we don't right now. Biden just gave an interview, a just press conference. We are one hundred percent back in Israel. I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think I heard Biden speak about the plight of the Palestinians not once. I don't think I heard. Him uh, I mean, our reporters are Ali Velshi has Ayman uh, uh, Mohead has um, uh, Mehdi Hassan has the the scholar that I just played has, because they understand it's not just about terrorism, it's a lot deeper than terrorism. It's about humanity. It's about humanity. And what Israel is amassing to do in, in 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 uh Gaza right now is to kill and kill and kill under the pretext of going for Hamas. Again, these two million peoples have no way to exit. At least they could if they if they could exit, they could leave. But they can't. They can't. And for those who are who choose to simply see belligerence, send aircraft carriers to uh, to scare people and not to to take it up. Scare. uh, uh, Tell tell the folks what's coming. Uh, We are going to blow you up. I want to show you what has happened to the Palestinians since 2008. And the reason I'm doing this program is not to be pro-Palestinian or pro-Israeli or anything like that. It's to be pro-humanity. And also, for folks to understand that we, as American citizens, we have to go beyond our government and we have to lead our government into being humane. It is our responsibility to be humane. And what we have right now are too many voices out there that have no interest in true humanity it's about we win israel win israel has already uh won in in being able to have that territory the way it is carved you know but look at your screen right now look at the debts since 2008 from this conflict specifically look at 2014 Look at 2009, look at 2008, look at 2023, right now, before this last event started. Look at what the deaths look like before this last invasion by Hamas. Look at what it looks like. Look at that disparity. Now, the Hamas massacre, the Hamas terrorist attack, zoom that up. But look at that red line, and let's look at that red line in a month, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. Some lives are valued more than others. Some lives are valued more than others. It it played itself out in Panama. It played itself out in Grenada. It played itself out in Dominican Republic. It played itself out in, and I'm, I'm naming all these countries. Where we were involved, and it turned out we were involved with the wrong side. It turned out the same in Chile. But because we have been taught not to learn, because we have been taught that we don't want critical thinking, we don't want history. We don't want history. Uh, Eric says peace through strength. How good has that been working? Uh, Israel has been showing a whole lot of strength. And it still got a thousand of their people killed. It still got a thousand of their people killed. Egberto, every nation values their own citizens more than foreigners. Not only their own citizens, in this case, Israel as well. Because if if that were just a tenet, Brother R- Rudnin, then we would look at Israel and Palestine alike and we would say, What how do we solve this? We wouldn't say We are here to support uh, Israel. No, we are here to support humanity. And we are going to go in there. Israel, Look, Israel is getting supplied all the bombs and and missiles that are now going into uh, Palestine, into Gaza, provided by us. So now we are complicit in the murder of Palestinians. Now we are. Complicit. And as such, and as such, there will be blowback. There will be blowback. And when we start understanding it, when we start understanding it, then we'll get it. Uh, Ali Grant says, How do we reconcile the need for humanity? With Hannah, Hamas uh, resolution of destruction of the Jewish people, again Hamas is one in- entity. Hamas is not the two million uh, uh, the two million Palestinians in Gaza. That's not Hamas, but but the two million Palestinians in Gaza are suffering what Hamas has done in the name of the of the the, the in the name of how badly. How poorly, how inhumanely the Palestinians are treated in Gaza again, I am doing this program because all we are hearing about on all these networks are the suffering of the Israeli people, and justifiably so, they are suffering They're, they murdered nine hundred people, but now Israel is about to inflict a suffering on innocent. Palestinians because of Hamas and nobody's there. Their, their lives have no value to America. Their life has no value to the Israelis government. That is, but I tell you what, I've been talking to a lot of my Jewish brothers and sisters. And you know what? You know why I'm able to do this program, feeling confident that uh, I, there's no risk for somebody saying you are anti-Semitic because they felt the same way too they felt the same way too and in fact we will start the program uh with a with one uh, specifically uh let me get to that uh, that article written by uh uh let let's see uh let's see uh, uh, I want to make sure that I get the right article out here I want to get the right article by Gideon Levy Let's talk to Gideon Levy, and uh, he's with Haratz, okay? That's the preeminent, newspaper in, uh, the preeminent newspaper in Israel. So let's go ahead and get there. He says, Israelis made to suffer the cruel price for oppression of Palestinians in Gaza. Now, that is how you report. That title says it. Israelis made to suffer the cruel price for oppression of Palestinians in Gaza. The threats of flattening Gaza prove only one thing. We haven't learned a thing. The arrogance is here to stay, even though Israel is paying a high price. Behind all the lies, Israel arrogance, the idea that we can do whatever we like, that we'll never pay the price and be punished for it, will carry on undisturbed. We'll arrest, kill, harass, dispossess, and protect settlers busy with their pogroms. Note, note, illegally, Israel just decides to go take away Palestinian land and put a settlement there, protect the settlement. When the Palestinians try to reclaim their land, they kill them. They kill them. Do we report it here in the United States as Israel going against a treaty? And building settlements and killing those who decide to try to keep their property. Do we report that as that? No, we don't. We don't do that. We're not even. And that's what they see. Continuing with his article. We'll visit Joseph's tomb, Othaniel's tomb, and Joshua's altar in the Palestinian territories. And, of course, the template mounted over 5,000 Jews on Sukkot alone. We'll fire at innocent people, take out people's eyes and smash their faces, expel, confiscate, rob, grab people from their beds, carry out ethnic cleansing. And of course, continue with the unbelievable siege of the Gaza Strip and everything will be all right. Somebody has to tell the entire story. Somebody has to stand up and say, we feel the pain of the Israelis that were were killed wrongly. But let's not forget what has wrongly been done to the Palestinians. We'll build a terrifying obstacle around Gaza. The underground wall alone costs 3 billion shekels, $765 million. And we'll be safe. We'll rely on the geniuses of the army's 8,200 cyber intelligence units and on the Shin Bet security service agents who know everything. They'll warn us in time. They'll warn us in time. We'll transfer half an army. We'll transfer half an army from the Gaza border to the Hawara border in the West Bank, only to protect far right-wing lawmaker Zvi Sokot, and the settlers. And everything will be all right. Everything will be all right both in Havara and the Iris crossing into Gaza. It turns out that even the world's most sophisticated and expensive obstacle can be breached with a smoky old bulldozer when the motivation is great. The arrogant barrier can be crossed by bicycle and mopped despite the billions poured into it and all the famous experts and fat cat contractors. Remember, it's the same thing we're trying to do. Build the wall. Build a wall, what did they do? They just went over the wall and under the wall. They use gliders over the wall. They use tunnels under the wall. They use explosive through the walls. Are we gonna if we can to to protect the wall, you need people along the entire wall, which almost says you don't need the wall because if you have people along the entire wall, you don't need the wall, right. We thought we'd continue to go down to Gaza, scatter a few crumbs in the form of tens of thousands of Israeli work permits, always contingent on good behavior, and still keep them in prison. We'll make peace with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, and the Palestinians will be forgotten until they are erased as quiet as quite a few Israelis would like. We'll keep holding thousands of Palestinian prisoners, sometimes without trial, most of them political prisoners, and we won't agree to discuss their release even after they've been in prison for decades. We'll tell them that only by force will their prisoners see freedom. We thought we would arrogantly keep rejecting any attempt at a diplomatic solution only because we don't want to deal with all that. No, we don't. We don't want to deal with all that and everything would continue that way forever. Once again, it was proved that this is how it is. A few hundred armed Palestinians, a few hundred armed Palestinians breached the barrier and invaded Israel in a way no Israeli imagined was possible. A few hundred people proved that it is impossible to imprison two million people forever without paying a cruel price. Just as the smoky old Palestinian bulldozer tore through the world's smartest barrier, Saturday it tore away at Israel's arrogance and complacency. And that's also how it tore away at the idea that it's enough to occasionally attack Gaza with suicide drones and sell them to half the world to maintain security. On Saturday, Israel saw pictures it has never seen before. Palestinian vehicles patrolling its cities, bike riders entering through the Gaza gates. These pictures tear away at that arrogance. The Gaza Palestinians have decided they're willing to pay any price for a moment of freedom. Is there any hope in that? No. Will Israel learn its lesson? No. On Saturday, they were already talking about wiping out entire neighborhoods in Gaza about occupying the Strip and punishing Gaza as it has never been punished before. But Israel hasn't stopped punishing Gaza since 1948, not for a moment. After 75 years of abuse, the worst possible scenario awaits it once again. The threats of flattening Gaza prove only one thing. We haven't learned a thing. The arrogance is here to stay, even though Israel is paying a high price once again. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu bears every great responsibility for what happened, and he must pay the price, but it did start with him, and it won't end after he goes. We now have to cry bitterly for the Israeli victims, but we should also cry for Gaza. Gaza, most of those whose residents are refugees created by Israel. Gaza, which has never known. A single day of freedom. This is by a Jewish reporter. At Haratz. And if you don't feel. That was written. That essay was written from the heart. You could feel it. As he's writing. I could feel it. As I'm reading it. I could feel it as I'm reading it. From Bridge MCP, the roots of the conflict and mistrust are deep and complex, predating the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948. Both Palestinians and Israelis see the territory between Jordan River and Mediterranean Sea as their own. And Christians, Jews, Muslims are all hold parts of the land as sacred. The past seven decades have brought war, uprising, and times, the glimmers of hope for compromise. Here is a timeline beginning around 1948, including the latest violence in Gaza World War I, the question of Palestine, the Ottoman Empire, had controlled a part of the Middle East from the early 16th century until control of most of the region was granted to the British after World War I. You know, I like how they, the British and the Western countries just come and partition this stuff up, right? Both Israelis and the Middle East... Uh, Uh, from the early 16th century until control of the region was given to the British after World War. Both Israelis and Palestinians were struggling for self-determination and sovereignty over the territory, developing respective for the cause. In 1916, the sykes picot Agreement uh, secretly negotiated between Britain and France, planned to carve up the Middle East into spheres of influence and determined that the land in question was to be internationalized. In 1917, Britain's Foreign Secretary, Lord Arthur Balfour, expressed his government uh, support for the establishment in Palestine of a national home for Jewish people in a letter uh, to Baron Walter Racha, the head of the British wing of the influential uh, European Jewish banking family. Uh, skip to world war ii 1948 israel is uh, declares independence after world war ii nearing the end of the british mandate for palestine the united nations general assembly in 1947 uh, passes resolution 8181 urging the partition of the land uh, in two independent states one arab one jewish religious significance jerusalem is to be under special international administration the plan is not implemented after the arab side rejects it it's Arguing that it is unfavorable to their majority population, violence in the region conflict grows. Israel declares independence in 48. The next day, a coalition of Arab states allied with Palestinian factions attack Israel forces in what becomes the first several Arab-Israel wars. In the end, Israel gains control of even larger portions of territory, not including the areas of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, and estimated 700,000 Palestinian flee are driven out of their are driven out of their own land what Palestinians refer to as Nakba or catastrophe in the Arab world. So, yeah, this is not new. Uh, LOL. I never want to hear Egberto complain that Republicans resort to whataboutism. He's doing it right now. Move on, move on. No, I'm not doing whataboutism. I'm doing fact-based talking. All right. I saw Bruce Pollard. I want to see Bruce says... uh, Let's see. Bruce says there is no simple solution to this. It predates our country. I think the role of the U.S. play now is driven by people who use money to control. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Bruce also says uh, could be how how do they look compared to those? I don't know what you're talking about there, Bruce. Let's see. Uh, Bruce powers of Washington. Only that is what I think I need to. I, I missed something that you said earlier. Uh, do you know the fear that drives Israel to violate humanity? I want to hear you say it. Uh yeah, I know the fear. I know the fear. Do you know the fear as well of the Palestinians also? And that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, uh the the the, the, the Israel is going through the fear that Palestinians go through every day. And that is not a justification, that's just a statement of fact. To live in Palestine is to live in in prison, uh you know it, it, it is amazing, and I think if people had more empathy, they could see that they could really, really see that uh let's see Bruce says you didn't say it, uh, okay, uh, say it, I don't know what you mean, okay, all right, Daniel says, saysto, yes, what Hamas did was bad, but what about the decades of imprisonment? No, 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 no. I mean, what Israel did to the Palestinian is bad, too. Is that about if if I say that as well? Come on now. get real Let, let's Let's look at this from uh, Bruce Pollard says the Holocaust. Oh, the Holocaust. I see what you're saying. I see what you're trying to come to. You know what? It's so sad, Bruce that one would think that empathy would dictate that you see what the Holocaust has done. And, and that's what other Jewish people have tell me. The Holocaust should be, should create a certain level of empathy. But, you know, for people like criminals like um, uh, Netanyahu, I guess it does not. I guess it does not for criminals like Netanyahu. Okay. Um. All right. That is it. You know I'm spent right now. I mean, I am actually hurting real really for um for what's going on in uh in Israel, for what's going on in the um west Bank. It's really doing a number on me because i, I, I kind of feel like uh you know when somebody pulled a rug from under you and I, and the thing about it is that I'm not even over there, but I'm feeling that that dread coming from things being on autopilot. And as uh, journalist Gideon Levy says, they won't learn their lessons. And just watch all of this being repeated again. There's a certain amount of dread that I'm starting to feel about this situation and the potential for an escalation and for American politics to get involved, to have people make all the wrong moves, including Joe Biden. Does anybody else feel that? Give me a call. 281 7747 uh, I'd love somebody to come and, and talk. I would love somebody to come and talk with their voice and tell me something. I, I have this feeling of dread. 281-823-7747. Why don't somebody call in? 281-823-7747. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I really would because there's a certain sentiment here that worries worries me i think maybe we make too much of our homeland i think so too bruce i think so too you know you know i think so too egberto it gets me all the time i am upset about it all repeat reset repeat you know um what i hear and uh, what i love okay let's see i got a caller come on in thank you thank you because i needed to hear from somebody all right come on in caller who am i what having I'm the honor I'm to speak gonna, to i got a caller come on in. thank you
1: i've been my Sellers from B minus all
0: right i can't hear you come on in let, let me let me get hey rid you, of the sir, echo thanks. uh all right who is it go ahead can you hear me yes i can who am i speaking to you got
1: me?
0: Yes, I got you. Yeah. Yes, I can. What am I speaking to? It's Breach MCP. Hey, I didn't recognize your voice, Breach. All right, I think I'm hearing I'm I'm hearing some of the background from your your speaker, but anyway, talk to me, Breach. Breach. tell me what you want to say because I am really in dread right now. Um, I just I can't hear you. I have to keep you on mute. So. Oh, okay. Uh, can you hear me through the uh, through? You can't hear me through I can't. the phone? I can't. Oh, okay. Can you hear me through the... Uh, you can hear me through the phone? No. Okay, let me... Uh, that's probably a problem of I mine that I need to fix. Phone. All right. I tell you what. Let me fix that as we speak. Uh, I think I know what to fix there, and I'm going to try to get that while we're talking. So bear with me a second, and folks. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I screw up, and when I, I get these things going, so let me get to see. Can you hear me now, Bridge? Through the phone? Not yet. Okay. All right. I need to find out, not yet. Okay, I'm going to try to get this fixed. Uh, I was working up to yesterday. I don't know what's going on now. All right, uh, people that are listening, bear with us as we just do a little bit of uh, engineering here. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, let's see if I can get that fixed. I can't, let's see if I can get that fixed. Oh, wow. Why can't I? Why did this have to happen on a day that I really want to hear from somebody? I really want to hear from you. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can fix it. I tell you what, Bridge. I'm going to hang up, try to fix it, and then I'll ask you to call back. Uh, let's see if I can get that fixed real quick. But anyway, folks, yeah, it it turns out that huh, I am in a state of of dread. Called that. Yeah, I, I I hung it up. I'm going to try to get that uh, voice fixed. I think I can. I, I think I can get the sound fixed. And that's what I'm going to try to do as I'm on here right now. You know, I really wanted to hear you folks speaking. But what can I say? Sometimes things don't work out the way you plan. But I'm going to see if I can get the audio fixed and see what was the problem with the audio. Uh, Virtual, the microphone comes into virtual line one and virtual line two goes out to the speaker. That should have worked. That should have worked. Line one, line one, line one. Okay, folks, um, it looks like I'm not going to get that up and working right now. I'm going to have to get back to it. Sorry about that, Brij. I really, really wanted to hear what you had to say. I really wanted to hear what you had to say, but I'm still not completely given up quite yet well i guess i'm going to have to give up for now all right i'll get that fixed for tomorrow I'll, I'll definitely get that fixed for tomorrow but anyhow folks so we all right let's see okay can you hear me now can you hear me now okay i am going to get it fixed i think i can see yeah. people can hear Please speak let yeah, me say something can you phone. hear? Stay on the phone. All right, folks, bear with us a second. We're we're fixing phone systems right now as we speak to connect. All of this is done elect- right now. Yes. Great. Uh, uh, bear with me a while longer. I am going to go ahead and get this fixed. I think I think I can if I, I got to get the right screen up and running. I want to get it done. So please stay with me. And folks, uh, you're you're watching real time. So that's what happens here. You're watching real time. Line one should go over to you. I need to get line one over to you. Well, how do I get line one over there? Okay, All right. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, okay bear with us folks i am trying to get a line to bridge mcp right now i'm trying to get well that that doesn't and that doesn't help me I, I need to uh okay i tell you what we'll, we'll we'll get it fixed later on we'll get it fixed later on i'll i'll fix it and then get back with you i'm sorry about that guys i i, I hate that anyway we, we'll, we'll fix that another time we'll fix that another time anyway folks Sorry for the mishap. You know, I hate that. But let's get back to the program. We only have another three minutes. So let me go to whatever it is that you're saying. All right. Lee Grant says, how can people harmonize with those who destroy them? Okay. I'm, I, and, and, and I want you to answer that. Um, I really want you to answer that. I want you to answer what you just stated there, Lee Grant. How can people harmonize with people who dis- would destroy them? Isn't that how the Palestinians in Gaza feel as well? Please answer me. Is there is that how the Palestinians in Gaza feel as well? Uh, I think about it. Isn't that how they feel as well? I think it is. So that is, those are the things that we have to look at. Those are the things that we have to look at. So anyhow, there are a lot of subjects that I need to cover, but right now I am spent. And I'm going to close this uh, down about three minutes early. I'm really spent and, and, and my mind is not, uh, this has me spent. Anyhow, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. Please support the program. You can support the program by going to politicsunright.com slash support, politicsunright.com slash support. I'm going to give you that link right now, politicsunright.com slash support. Um, you can find any of many ways to support the program. I want to ask you as well to consider becoming a paid member of our newsletter. You can get that at politicsandright.com slash newsletter. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank all of you for being here. I want to also thank all of you for listening and not going. And as much as this Palestinian-Israeli issue is a very difficult issue, there are some platforms where you cannot have the conversation. And I'm honored that I can have the conversation here with you all. And I hope that some of what we get here is um, stuff that we can share and try to change minds as well. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out.